Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, wonderful to be here and to look to the Lord and, and just uh, enjoy some fellowship and remember him with the Lord's Supper. That was wonderful this morning. It's very interesting to me that a lot of the things that were said in the breaking of bread, uh, a lot of the scriptures that were quoted are, are actually part of the message that I'm, I'm giving. And I, th I thought that that... Uh, it never ceases to amaze me. I know we all st stand in the presence of the one, who, you know, amazed at the presence of him, but uh, it just, um, it never ceases to surprise me. And our, our brother Bob said something very, very, uh, I, I like it so much, I'm going to say it again. He said, if we cease to wonder, we cease to worship, and, and that is so true. And... Uh, I'd like to, let's just open in prayer. Thank you, Father in heaven, for, for this morning, for this uh, a wonderful day, Lord, where we can remember your son and we can come together and we can look ahead. We can look ahead at what's to come and we can look back at what you've done. And uh, in this present moment, Father in heaven, we just ask your blessing on your word this morning and we just uh, ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... I'd like to begin by reading Hebrews chapter 11. And, you know, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll stop after maybe four or five verses. But then I thought, ah, oh, the next one is so good too. And the next one, so bear with me. I'm going for it. I'm going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 1. I won't tell you how many verses there are because, okay, there's 40. But uh, here we go. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God has taken him, had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder, or, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he was out, not knowing where he was going, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country 
from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but he endured as seeing him who is vis invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Wow. Okay, let's read it again. No. <laughs> that one part at the end, for God provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us, and uh, rendering of that can also be complete. So we can, um, they should not be made complete apart from us. Altogether, the saints of old, saints now, complete because of Christ. So moving on from there, the message is the eyes of faith. I'm just going to read. Uh, he, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen.
For I say, through the grace given to me, this is Romans 12, 3, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Well, that's good news. We don't have to muster up, a, a, you know, try to work it up per se. We're supposed to stir, you know, the gifts that God has given us up. But uh, that's a relief that God has given us faith. And... Um, even if it's tiny, even it's enough because it's anchored in the rock of, of God's word through faith in his perfect character and righteousness. That's why Jesus could say, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, right, you can do this, you can do these things. I find it interesting how God has given us the five senses to perceive the physical world, sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing. Oh, wait, wait, there's one more. One more sense, common sense. And the world doesn't have that. And God gives us faith to perceive the spiritual realm and our hope and trust and assurance of salvation and peace is accessed by that faith in God and his promises. So, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Remember when a man had a son who was demon-possessed? This is in Mark 9. Here is what the man said to Jesus. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, he says to Jesus, if you can do anything, well, it's kind of like, like he's pleading, not knowing that Jesus can do all things in line with his word and character. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, oh yeah, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Isn't that ironic? The one who, he's come, I have compassion on my people. He comes into the world and saying, have compassion. Uh, yeah, I have compassion. That's why I'm here. Jesus said to them, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. What a great thing to say. To believe and to have faith are, are synonymous terms in, in, in some ways. To believe is to accept and act upon. So, if, you know, someone's by a building and there's a piano falling. I mean, how often does that happen? But if there's a piano falling and you say, look, like, look out, there's a... And he goes, yeah, right, i got better things to do. doesn't really believe what I've said. Our actions bear that out, and we see that all throughout that uh, chapter that I read earlier. So, act, to accept and act upon, and faith is belief with strong conviction. Its evidence is seen in such as the heroes of faith, which we just read up about. If a person believes that Jesus is the only one who can save him from the power and penalty for sin, and that by calling upon his name, he can be saved from the wrath to come, eternal hellfire. He will call upon his name, the name of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now it happened on one day that when Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And this is what was uh, actually spoken this morning by David. Um, and uh, they... He, I don't know where I lost it. I fell asleep. And a wisdom or a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? I say that to myself all the time sometimes when things are getting a little bit tense. You know, the world is, is uh, closing in, so to speak. Uh, in many different ways. 
you know, it can be a financial thing, a health thing, whatever. But uh, where's my faith? I mean, he promised to provide. He did, you know. So faith is, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when we look at the promises of God and we say, no, that's true. I'm going to walk in that truth. That's pleasing to God. It's not blind faith. It's totally 2020 vision because it's looking through the lens of, of, of the word of God. So when things are going wrong, remember that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So we have to look at these promises. We, we have to believe these things. Otherwise, you know what? Just like Peter, he took his eyes off of Jesus and everything's going on around him, the wind and the waves, and he, he started to sink, right? Faith in God's word allows us to see into the spiritual world. So many people have no idea what happens when they die or what God is like or what his standard of good is. But someone will say, this is in James, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So the outworking of our faith is evident in our prayer life, our obedience to the word of God, by reading his word and walking in that truth. Our works are evidence of our faith in God who cannot lie. God cannot lie. The reason he cannot lie is because he is faultless. Another word for faultless is, and I love this word, impeccable. Jesus is impeccable. He is faultless. And in the Bible we read, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. And in 2 Corinthians we read, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And finally here in 1 Peter chapter 2, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. So Jesus knew no sin, did no sin, and in him was no sin. I used to think, how did, how did Jesus uh, not sin? I mean, did he just just barely make it for 33 years? Not one random sinful thought or one instance of unjust anger. It's because we are so prone to sin in our fallen state that we can barely comprehend utter perfection. But the truth is, by faith in his word, it was impossible for Jesus to sin. I always get a kick when, and this happened even Friday night, I always get a kick out of it when someone asks, can God do anything? And then uh, they, they want to try and stump us by saying, can he make a rock so heavy he can't lift it or some other nonsense thing. And when they, when they ask that, you know, there are some things God can't do. If, you know, is there anything, some things God can't do? If I say yes, they will say, I thought God was all powerful. So there, aha, gotcha. I say yes, there are many things God cannot do. He cannot lie, can't sin, can't let sin go unpunished. He can't clear the guilty. In Exodus, he says, I will by no means, or it says here, uh, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. So Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Now the temptation was real. The threat and tension to attack the Lord Jesus was real. But it was in no way a threat to his total command over all things. Remember the song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God? A bulwark never failed. What's a bulwark? It's a wall or a rampart, fortification, stockade, barricade. Uh, another synonym would be protection, guard, defense, defender, stronghold. 
Imagine someone in a canoe. This, I, I forget where I heard this analogy, so I want to give credit to whoever. Imagine someone in a canoe bonking against a, a battleship. The threat or intent of said man in canoe is real but futile. It doesn't matter how much faith that canoeist has in that canoe. His faith is misplaced. Faith. How about a young man throwing a stone trying to kill someone over nine feet tall? That was faith in action. He had faith in God. He didn't have faith in his own abilities, even though he probably practiced and was very good at it, you know, beating those bears in the head and stuff when they came around. What, remember he said, David said, he delivered him from the paw of the bear. Have you ever heard someone say, at least I have my health? If nothing else, I'm healthy. At least I have my friends. If nothing else, I have my friends. At least I have my home. At least I have a bed or a chair. At least I have my stuff. If nothing else. But as believers in Christ, walking in faith, it's proper for us to start with, if nothing else, I have Christ. Can't be taken away. Can't lose Christ. Can't be lost ourselves. We can lose all kinds of things, but God wants to kill our pride or anything else that takes the place of him in our hearts. Some people want anything, of course, else but God. They're the unsaved, right? We seek to do God's will by faith in his promises and word. As Christians, God may be using our situation or personal issues to free us up. We'll take our focus off ourselves, and David mentioned that this morning. We have to keep our focus on him. So we have to put our focus on him to see this world is passing away and to look for our home whose builder and maker is God. You know, and if everything went perfect, saints, if everything went perfect and there was no sin here, uh, no evident sin, uh, no suffering, no diseases, no earthquakes, fires, trouble, all those things, well, you know, that would be heaven, wouldn't it? This world shows us that something is wrong. Deeds go unpunished, warped thinking regarding man's origin and purpose. In fact, Isaiah 47, 10 sums up the atheist position. For you have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge have warped you. And you have said in your heart, I am, and there is no one else besides me. No God, no sin, no future, no hope. Remember when David... David's friend Jonathan ate the honey. He didn't know about the edict that Saul had given out that if anyone eats, he was to be killed. But it says that it brightened his countenance. And you know, we as Christians, when we consume the word of God, the sweetness of the gospel and God's promises, it should brighten our disposition and our confidence. But because of the weakness of the flesh, we can easily be shaken if we don't focus on our Father in heaven. Okay, so as a side note, I've been studying uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer, and I was delighted when I listened to a message from John Barnett, and it spoke of the elements in the Lord's Prayer. And so I just want to share this with you, because it's really very basic and I think very thorough, but it, it, it really helps to, helps to drill down on, on the necessity of how, how to pray. And that's what, in this manner, therefore, pray. That's what Jesus said. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, focus me. We're coming before the very throne of God, in a sense. We're coming before this, this one who's clothed in majesty and wonder. 
So when we focus on him, that's what that first petition is. Our Father in heaven, focus me on you. You know, someone goes, hello, Woo, over here. Look, Sam, look over here. You know, we, you know God is saying, get, focus on me. You know, <clears throat> focus on he who is my God, my glorious king. Yours too. Sovereign over time and space and material and spiritual realms. Your kingdom come. Control me. Remember when Jesus said, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you? And some people think of that verse, your kingdom come, meaning come Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lead me, guide me. Give us this day our daily bread. Supply me. What do I need today? Not what you want today. We all want things that somehow are maybe not needs. But God, he knows. And when we focus on who he is, okay, he created me. Check. Oxygen, nitrogen, check. Lungs to breathe it, check. You know, he's he's very thorough. So when we say to him, supply me or give us this day our daily bread, um, that that petition helps us to... uh, Ask for those things that we need. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Cleanse me. Jesus said, unless I cleanse you, you have no part with me. But we want to be cleansed as believers. And if we do sin, as the Bible says, you know, we have a a way that we can establish that relationship close again, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Protect me. Protect me, Lord. Don't, don't let me go places where, where I'm, I may yield to sin. Protect me from the evil one. Protect me from, you know, the things that are going to hinder my walk with you. And then the final one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Empty me. Empty me. It's all about him. But in, in a wondrous way, he considers us. He looks down on us and he remembers who we are. And even so, he sent his son Jesus to die while we were still sinners. Okay, a little off track. Not really, though. You know, another interesting thing, you can find these seven petitions petitions, maybe not all of you know, them in one specific psalm or something, but you know when Jesus said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, he's focusing on God, right? He's focusing on him. Just, just a thought, just a, just a, it's just a wonderful way to sort of think and remember those petitions. So I've spoken about this before, but not quite the same details. In the fall and winter after the tornado that struck Edmonton, we had to clean up all the trees that had been destroyed by the tornado. It was so strange, there would be big areas where the trees, they were just flattened down, like a giant had just lain down and then gotten up and walked away. It was very odd to see that. I drove to the area we were working on and would cut up the trees and transport the pieces to where we would split the logs and then stack the wood. In one particular area, I had to drive the truck across a man-made lake to get to the area. Now it was winter, so as I drove across the ice, it would crack and pop 
and creak. Most of that noise was coming from my knees, I think, knocking together. <laughs> it's very unnerving, you know. I had the window rolled down, so I got to really hear, you know. I've got to, and man, that, the, the ice would just, I was losing sleep over that because this is what I was doing, you know, for, for a number of days, that one area. And uh, a lot of times, you know, when I'm talking to people, I sometimes mention, you know, that you can have very strong faith and very thin ice and you will still fall through. But if you have tiny faith, remember the mustard seed, in mile thick ice, promises of God, integrity of God, you will be safe from perishing. The object of our faith is what really matters, and when it comes to a person's soul in heaven or hell, it, it matters. Now that lake, it was a man-made lake, it was very deep. Driving across the ice, I had a plan B. I had a plan B. If the ice broke, truck started going down, I would roll down the window and swim for the sky. That was my plan. So as I drove across the ice, it cracked and popped and creaked, and it, it, boy, it unnerved me. So I said, that, that's it. So, so I went and I got an ice auger, and I drilled down till I hit water and found the ice to be about two feet thick. That's good news. That's, that's plenty to bear the weight of the truck and the crew and whatever load I had. Um, and you know, we as Christians, when we hear the popping of job loss or creaking of health issues, and we forget about the mile-thick ice, and we forget about God's love and provision. So use the auger of the Word of God to drill down to the deep, living water of God's promises. It can hold you up. The eyes have it. The eyes of faith in God. Okay, so here's God's plan B. There is no plan B. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Must be. Had to be. No plan B. This was it. One way, truth, life, no other road. This is it. I mentioned uh, last time I spoke about three things. Grace, mercy, and justice. I'd like to just define them briefly. This is another uh, wonderful little thing to sort of think on. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. That's grace. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. And justice is God giving us what we deserve. I don't, I don't like that last one so much. But the Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. We read in uh, Jeremiah, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. The context is that the all-powerful, all-knowing, and omnipresent God is unhindered by anyone or anything. He is sovereign. But how hard it must have been for God to see his son, his only begotten son, crucified and die. You know, omnipresent means that he is as much present here in this room as he is a trillion light years away. He encompasses time and space and the material and immaterial realms. The Bible says that hell and destruction are before the Lord, so how much more the hearts of the sons of men? He knows our human hearts, and, we, and he knows that we need new hearts with new desire. You know, I can remember driving through a four-way stop and realizing immediately that I could have killed or, or, or been killed or killed someone. When I realized I was saved by God's grace, I realized that I would have perished, and it made me tremble. You know, there's a line in Pilgrim's Progress. Have, have any of you read Pilgrim's Progress lately or ever? What a great book. Um, 
And there's a line where Christian, upon having entered through the gate of salvation, states, I rejoice and tremble. You know, talk, talk about a close call. Talk about... When you come to that realization that, that, that we're saved and what we've been saved from, it causes your knees to knock sometimes, right? Like that thin ice. I had a grade one teacher. Her name was Mrs. Bennett. And she taught me to read. Man, I liked her so much. One time I had a question about something, so I looked in her direction and said, Mom! And she looked up and smiled at me, and the kids laughed, and I laughed too. She taught me to read, and I'll always remember that. And, but one time, near the end of the year, I asked her why she taught me a certain way. Like, why do I have to pronounce it like that or whatnot? And she said, if I hadn't taught you like that, you would be mispronouncing this word or that. I said, oh, okay, so... I walked away thinking, well, she must know what she's doing. So I gave her the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I was like six years old, right? So <laughs> what am I going to say? Do uh, you guys remember the song, I Did It My Way? That's the, theme, that's the theme song of everyone who dies in their sins. I did it my way. Instead of giving God the benefit of the doubt, I chose to do it my way. I chose to get into heaven, try to get into heaven my way, by my good deeds, by my version of truth. That's a curious one, people on the street, when they say that, well, you have your truth, and I have my truth. And I'm thinking, how odd. Because truth is that which corresponds to reality, right? I mean, it's either true or it isn't. Here's another quote that's wonderful. In my father's house are many, it says mansions in this, in this translation, but are many dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So how long did it take to make the creation? There is no test. Six days, exactly, six days. Stars, moon, sun, land. You know, there's only one little verse in Genesis, he made the stars also. There's billions and billions of galaxies, I'm, he made the stars also, like, like a footnote. It took six days. How long has the Lord Jesus been preparing a place for us? Since he said that, those words, I go to prepare a place for you. 2,000 years. Six days to make creation, everything, plants, animals, birds, us, stars, all of it. And he's been preparing a place for us for 2,000 years. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be magnificent, beyond amazing, through the eyes of faith. We, we believe those promises, and we walk in those, that truth. You know, we're going to have to come up with new words uh, to describe heaven, because it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You know, they had to invent a new word when Jesus, to describe the suffering that he went through on that cross. You've probably heard this, some of you. Crucified, it means out of the cross, excruciating. Sorry, is the word excruciating. It means out of the cross. You know, what's interesting to me is that people who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, they vilify God. They accuse him of wrongdoing and injustice. Imagine that. Beings made from the earth fallible and fallen since Adam and Eve passing judgment on the Lord Most High. Yikes. 
But those of us who have been cleansed by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit, seek to ever exalt the Holy One of God. That is why the scripture says, in, if God is for us, who can be against us? We can walk in faith, by faith in God, by believing his word, his character, his absolute sovereignty over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Ever ignore the instructions when you're putting something together? Every guy's nodding. Yeah, why did I do that? Why didn't I listen to my wife? Why? The manufacturers, there's, there's specific procedures. This, 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 this. Got to do it in a certain assembly manner and timing. God the creator, the manufacturer, has assembled nature with infinite precision and attention to detail. Look at the myriad of creatures. They're still finding different flowers and tr plants and animals that oh, no one's ever seen that one before. He's even assembled us from the, the womb in astounding detail, fearfully and wonderfully made, and it grows all at exact and precise times. Te teeth have to come in at a certain time. Everything has to grow in order, all contained within the DNA. It's, it's, it, is all, it is beyond comprehension. So, you know, no, God is spirit, right? So no human can physically assemble the parts that can be observed at an atomic level. I mean, could you see trying to glue on maybe an eye onto a fruit fly? You know how small a fruit fly is? There's no tool small enough to be able to do that. Ne never mind, hook up their little optic nerve to their little fruit fly brain. I mean, that's precision. So things that are seen were made by things that are not seen, right? And the detail in the gospel is precise, and attention to details expressed in the word of God, leave no room for error. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. So when someone builds a house, it is made ready for the owner to inhabit prior to dwelling in the home. And that's what God does with us, right? When he saves us, Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, changes us, makes us grateful for you know, you've heard those, those, those slogans. I had a guy say, make, make America great again, he, he said. And we're in Canada, so I says, make Canada grateful again. You know, when we look at who God is and what he's done, we, we can't help but be grateful. So, faith in his word, reading his word, staying in his word, it makes us grateful. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. There's one of those promises. And then, of course, Pentecost came. And we've been, really, we've all been saved the same way, through grace, by grace, through faith all the same way, even that little bit of faith, God has given that to us. And I think that, you know what, um, it says also in Hebrews 12, it says, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So saints, don't grow weary. Warren, don't grow weary. Keep looking at those promises, you guys. I wanna encourage you that, uh, you know, we, we truly, truly are blessed to have a place here like Northbrook and to be able to read the word and sing 
to our Lord like we did today. Wonderful, wonderful. So the heavy weight of God's holy moral standard presses down on the paper-thin ice of self-righteousness. We know that our best works will not hold up on the day of God's judgment. We walk by faith, not by sight, though. We believe what Jesus said. We trust in who he is. I want to go back to that uh, particular word Jesus said, impeccable, or, or I said, is impeccable. He's faultless. In Jude 1, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to be hearers and doers of your word, that we may taste and see that the Lord is good. And let us be an aroma of life, and may we touched, touch the hand of faith. Let us be touched by the hand of faith. Help us to trust in your great and precious promises, all made possible through faith in Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thank you, saints. Have a great uh, afternoon. Blessings. Oh, you have a